Good morning, Rabbi Isai. How's everybody doing? Today's cheer is being sponsored by Chaim and Alison Rosenberg. May we see Shuois, Refuois, for Klai Yisrael, Vivias Goyal Tzedek, Bekarev Mamish, Amen. Sponsored by Sruli Bernstein. In honor of his great aunt's yard side. I thought it was very interesting. I got a call yesterday from Srili Bornstein. I don't think it's the same person. I forgot to ask him. It's not him. It's Bernstein, not Bornstein. In honor of his great aunt's yard site, Freda Rezel Bas Avram Yitzchok. And the Shomash Raven Aliyah. Rufur Shlema. For your Achimiel ben Rochel Leah, who is the beloved rabbi of the MMAE shul that houses mitzvah motivators and officials' wonderful headquarters and the home of the MDY Baltimore Seum on Shabbos. So way to go. We have the official home of the MDY Baltimore Seum on Shabbos. This is from official from official catering. Official from official catering is no longer sponsoring the turning of the daf. Today we have a, our new, we're going to unveil the new turning of the daf sponsor. Every morning when you get on uh, Zoom, if you come on early, you're going to hear one or two voices, actually three. You usually hear Yo Bergman, he's the one in charge from Chicago, teenager from Chicago, and Avi Mandelbaum. I just want to read this out. Some people, who's this colorful character from Moreshet? Avi Mandelbaum. So this is a beautiful thing that he once wrote to me, and I forgot to read it. I love this. It says, Good afternoon, Ellie and crew. The reason why I call him a colorful character is because his background is always very colorful. He has different backgrounds every day, different themes per the week, a whole meissen geschäft. He writes like this, I work for a pharmacy in New Jersey, www.schrafts2.com. Basically, it works from Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. Israel time. Because of this, I often don't get to sleep until 2 or 3 a.m. And in January, February, sometimes at 5 a.m. And he gets up every single morning at 6.50 a.m. to learn with you. And then this is followed by davening, breakfast, and sleep. So I I really commend this. Somebody who gets up and goes back to sleep. He he goes to sleep really, really late. Sleeps for like 2-3 hours. Gets up for sheer and goes back to sleep. Very unique, and it's a tremendous thing. So don't just, uh, and listen, it takes time to put those backgrounds up. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Now, he says in pre-corona, he didn't wake up for sheer. So basically, corona has actually helped me. Thank you again for all that you've done and continue to do for me. I hope this email was short enough. Hee hee. See you in the morning. Avi Mandelbaum. That was probably from a month ago. Yeah, July 1st. All right, sorry, it takes time sometimes. This is from, listen to this, Shmuel Eliezer Lampner. Shalom Aleichem Reli, it's nice to see you and I enjoy watching Yeshir. I'm working Yeshiva to grow stronger and davening I can get up, keep up, and get steady with the Dafyoim Yeshir. Thanks for bringing Yishmak to learning. Shmuel Eliezer Lampner. Now, I've heard from a number of people, since there's so many Bachram out there that don't have Yeshivas and they can't get tired to stroll, and Corona, and a lot of people are having Chalishos in Torah, Maybe they should start joining the Dafyoimi. I know in Yeshiva they're anti Dafyoimi, I get it. So it's a great opportunity to do something against what the Yeshiva says. It's always Gishmak to do, you know, 
be rebellious, get into some learning. Well, what's the difference? You're not learning it anyway. You're not, you're not doing your eon. You might as well do bikiyas. I'm not saying this is the way to learn. Chas v'shalem. You got to learn bi'ion. But it's better than just playing video games all day and uh, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Movie after movie. Might as well learn some daf. Get into the daf for boy sides. Good for Yeshiva. Welcome to. We have time for one more. This is from Avram Crystal. Thank you so much for the wonderful daf. Yom Yishida. You give it b'kol yom v'yom. Maybe zoycha to continue to give shiurim. I'd be as good. Tzedek b'mheri b'yom meinu. Avram Menachem Crystal. Shkoyach. Okay. Reboisai. Uh, there's a few glitches in our amazing list. And I want to tell you about this list. Tomorrow, Bezer Hashem will all be ironed out and we'll have uh, a perfect list. We are pushing, I think it's close to 80 different locations. It's unreal. And I say that if, I know Noam and, and, and others, know, especially Noam was working on this amazing Shabbos whether it was a Shabbos in a hotel and get everybody together, it was a Shabbos locally and do major meals. Because it's Mesech the Shabbos, you want to do something special for Shabbos. And I say that if Corona disappeared today and we got a free hotel somewhere up north, I would much rather have the scene that we're about to have. To have 80 locations worldwide and to have that camaraderie, to have that achtus and everybody together, to me, this is, it's unbelievable. What, what, what we thought was... A B'di'evet kind of Zoom, eh, I think it's going to work out to be an amazing, amazing thing. A one of a kind, definitely the first of its, that everybody's mishtatif like that. People are going to be speaking from all over the world and, and joining and, 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 and it's unbelievable. And I just want to highlight one place. And uh, Rabbi said, don't, don't get up from wherever you are and travel over there and don't try to imitate them. There's only one New York, Borough Park, Flatbush, Chever in the world will never be like them. We don't want to, we don't, we, we can't. It's, it's just something to look up to and, and admire. So, they already have a menu. They already have a party planner. Well, they have an in-house photographer, Israel Goldstein. They're inviting women and children. It, trust me, whatever. We want to see what they have over there. Hope they have more than one camera taking all the, all the angles. That's New York, New York. All right, but anyway, we should look up to that and try to... So if you were planning on getting pizza and beer, there's other musagim you have to understand about. It's called New York. All right, Eli Dykeman is shepping nachas, I see. Today is Daf Kufmem Gimel. And we are holding by Abayim Monach Kapa Akipe. It's seven lines from the bottom. So we just finished saying... The Marzutra holds that we're talking about carrying different things with an excuse, with a sort of a trick. So you have a lot of money left outside in Rosh Hashanah, you have an iPhone that you, you forgot somewhere, so you put your baby on top of it, you put something that's not Muktzah on top of it, then the iPhone becomes a base to the non-Muktzah, and we allow you to carry it in. It says, Marzutra, that's only if you forgot your iPhone. Not if you put it there deliberately before Shabbos. You forgot, you completely forgot about it. And then comes around, Rav Ashin says, this is only for a maze for a dead person because of covered abrios, human dignity. And then we brought the Mishnabura that it has to, that's, he's talking about a muktzah that's a severe muktzah like muktzah machmas gufai. So stones, that sort of thing, and a maze. 
But when it comes to Klishim Malachta Le'iser, the Mishnah Bura says, you're allowed if there's a, a great loss, you're allowed to use this excuse. Says the Gemara, Abaya Monach Kapa Abaya would take a spoon and put it atop of a, a bushel of, of hay, let's say. So they can move the hay around on Shabbos. You say the hay is just a base to the spoon. I'm trying to carry the spoon. Rova, Monach, Sakino, Abaryoino, Umetaldala. And Rava would do the same trick. You take a knife, put it on top of raw pigeon meat, dove meat, and it's raw. So it's mukta. And he would move the knife saying, oh, the meat is my base for my knife. Omer Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef didn't like this. Oh, it's so sharp. These youngsters are coming up with such sharp ideas. This halalach is if you forget about it. You forgot your meat somewhere. You forgot your hay bushel. Are you going to go ahead and take, start moving around raw meat with a knife? Says the Gemara, Rav Yosef didn't understand what's going on here. In other words, Rav Yosef is right. Rav Yosef has a great point. You can't, you can't just go ahead and start moving things around, muks on Shabbos, and putting non-muks on top of it and start moving your muks around. That doesn't work. So why did Abayi do it? Because Abayi held, I don't need a knife at all. You don't need a knife. It's a hay bushel, bushel, it's a chair. In those days, I could use it as a chair, some hay. So then why did I put a knife? To show people, look, I'm an important person. My name is Abaya. I'm not just, I'm careful with what I do. I put a knife. You also be careful. Don't just take heter and start moving mukta around. You could sit on it. Omar Rava, I know. Same thing. I don't need a knife on top of the dove chicken. I could, the dove meat, I could use the meat as is. I could eat it. It's not mukta it's at all. People could eat it when it's raw. People eat it soft meat. You could eat it. So therefore, I went ahead and I did a little bit of a chumrah. I put a knife on it to show people, look, don't learn examples from me. Don't say, oh, he's moving mukta. I move mukta with a knife. So now, next time Muksa comes along, you're not going to say, oh, Rava did it. Rava did it with a knife. Okay. Says the Gemara, time of the Chazi Lumtza. So it's because Rava said that this dove meat is, you could eat it raw. Holy Chazi Lumtza Lai. Now, at the end of the day, why does Rava have to say, you know, pigeon meat is edible as is? You know what he should say? Pigeon meat is edible for an animal, for a cat. Give it to any cat in the street, you see a stray cat, give it to him. It's not mukta. If I could feed a cat, it's not mukta. The reason is, because he holds that even though you could feed a cat, it is mukta. Who holds that? Well, you have a big, another machlech between Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. If something turns into animal food over Shabbos, is it mukta or not? Is it noilad? Rav Shimon holds it's not mukta. There's no noilat. Yehuda holds it is. So that's why Rav couldn't say, hey, I'm going to take my, my pigeon and give it to my cat. Or a cat. Because Rav holds like Rav Yehuda that it's mukta. You can't just pick it up and give it to a cat. It's mukta. For the, it's called noilat, it's mukta. 
But the problem is, Rova told his, his uh, helper, Tavili Bar Abza, he says, go cook me a, a duck. That's what probably the New Yorkers are going to have in their seum. They're going to have duck, they're going to have lamb, they're going to have, you know, 18 course meal over there. So, get me some duck. Yeah, top of the line, on yantif, yantif food, give me a duck. And take the intestines and give it to the cat. Now, how could the shamish grab the intestines on yantif and give it to a cat? It's mukta. You just said it's mukta. Now, why is it mukta? So Rashi explains beautifully. And this fits in right with the, the New Yorkers. On Yantif, nobody eats intestines. On, on Tuesday, they'll eat the intestines. They'll eat some kishka. But not in Yantif. Yantif, you have so much food. It's so beautiful. The, the intestines become nothing. They're not royal l'achila sadam. I'm not serving it, so it's not for humans. If it's not for humans, who's it, who is it for? It's for the cat. Give it to the cat. Oh. So then it's noilad. It just went from human consumption to cat consumption that according to Rabbi Yehuda, this is mukta. So why did Rav tell his shamish, go take this mukta and give it to your cat? Says the Gemara, daf kufmim gimel omad alef. Hasem kivin the master of daite alevei matmoel. knew before Yontif that he's going to make a duck and that the kishka is going to get spoiled in the heat and therefore he already had in mind to give it to the, to the cat, and it's not Muktam. It's not Noilad. It's already designated for the cat, before Yantav. And this, this makes a lot of sense. A woman should not walk into the room where you keep your firewood to grab a long stick to, to stoke the coals. Why? Because wood is mukta. Wood is for fuel. You can't just grab wood. So if you're going to use it for fuel, not mukta. But if you're going to use it for something else, it's mukta. Now, this stoker, if it breaks in half, you can't just say, oh, I have a broken stoker or a poker. What am I going to do with it? Oh, I'll throw it into the oven. I'll throw it into, I'll, I'll use it as fuel. You can't use it as fuel. Why? Why? If you want to throw a nice dish, a nice bowl, a wooden bowl into the flame, great. Who holds this? We had the sugya, Rabbi Yehuda. So in other words, you see from here that Rava holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Because according to Rabbi Shimon, if my stoker breaks in half, I could use it for, for fuel. So the fact that he says that you can't use it, you see he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. And if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, you shouldn't be able to give the kishkas to the cat. And the only reason why I give kishnas to the cat is because I already designated in my mind before Yantav that I'm going to give it to the cat and therefore it's not Yant, it's not Mokta. Says the Mishnah. This is something that we could use every Shabbos. You have leftover food on the Shabbos table. You're allowed to move it? You're not allowed to move it. I can move bones off the table even though they are not roi. La'achilas kelev. They're too tough. They're, they're bones that are not good. Uklipin. And, uh, and any kind of pill that's not right for anything. Tois is mechulek, Arashi. And says they are right because even Reb Shimon will hold in such a situation that they're mukta if you, even a dog can't eat it. So, Beishamai don't hold of mukta, as the Mishnah is saying it now. And Beishil hold of mukta. 
and they say you shouldn't go ahead and touch the, the leftover food, the, the mukta. You just pick up the whole table. You pick it, you take off the, the flat surface off the legs, and you shake it off. As you can see, the bones are falling off everywhere. Great. Umenaro. Says the Mishnah Mahavirin. Now, what about today? We have a tablecloth. So the Mishnah Rule talks about it. Our tablecloth is similar to this piece of wood that you take off. So, what, how would you think if you take, you know, if you go to these fancy restaurants, they have like these sharp blades. It's like a, like a half a circle, like a half a pipe. And they, they clear off your crumbs off the table. And shallots, you know, rabbi shallots in Chicago. Claim to fame of Chicago. Is that okay on Shabbos or not? The question is, is that considered tiltul minatzad? I'm not touching the, the leftovers, the, the, the garbage on the table. I'm doing it with a kli. Is that okay? So from the Mishnah it seems that it's okay. The Chazanish says that's not tiltul minatzad. It's just an extension of your hand. Very interesting, Shailah. Using a kli with your hand, is that considered tiltul minatzad or not? The bottom line is, that if it's a graf shorei, then we're going to see this halacha, and we had it many times before. Graf shorei, the, the portable toilet, disgusting stuff, a, a dead mouse, I'm allowed to get rid of it on Chavez. So if you have stuff on your table, leftover food, people are grossed out from it, you're allowed to get it off the table. That's the bottom line. There's no iser, there's no, there's no muktzah on that. It's muktzah, but they made a dispensation. They said, go ahead, clear it off. Says the, says the Mishnah, The Gemara is going to discuss, Mavirim is a nice language. You, you not throw it, you move it nicely off the table. We're talking about crumbs. You know, a lot of people are very careful with crumbs. It's a sign of, 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 of wealth. If, you, if you're not careful with them, chas v'shalom, whatever. So the Mishnah, they could be medayag in the Mishnah. If they're small crumbs, you're allowed to get rid of them. And a pea pod. In other words, you have a vegetable. It's not mukta. But once you open up the vegetable, you take out the food part, now the peel becomes mukta. And a lentil pod. Why can I move it? Because it's animal food. A sponge. So here's a sponge. And here's the base achiza. It has a handle. Now, I found this very interesting. That when the Mechaber talks about a sponge, he brings in parentheses. He says, from the Aruch. Lived a thousand, whatever years ago. He says, what is a sponge? A sponge, he says, there's a giant whale in the ocean that Akash Baruch made a nice. Every time he comes out of the water, a sponge covers his eyes so he cannot see. Had he not had that sponge... He would destroy every ship in the ocean. You wouldn't be able to travel the ocean. That's what he says. If you want to know what a sponge is, that's what it is. So the sponge absorbs water. So if it has a handle, then I could use it. If it doesn't have, let's talk about if it doesn't have a handle. If it doesn't have a handle, you're going to touch it, you're going to squeeze it, you're going to be over right away. If it has a handle, I could use it. Use it for what? With water, without water. Says Rashi, with water, very gently. Okay. 
Mikanchem boy, Vimlav, Ein Mikanchem boy. Now, the Ravid, very interesting, the Ravid says that I can use it with, with water, not gently. Why? Because we're holding at the end of the Mishnah, right before the end of the Mishnah. Why not gently? So says the Ravid, a big chidush, and the Chazanush explains it nicely, that the Ravid holds that if it has a handle, then you're talking about like a bottle of water. Water goes in, water goes out. Chazanish says an example, for instance, a door on your house. How come every time you shut the door, you're not buying it? You're building a house. Because it's meant to go open and close, open and close. So if I have a handle to my sponge, I'm showing I want water in, I want water out. I'm going to use it all day long. I'm going to put... It's different than your clothing getting absorbed with water. You go like this and you, you wring it out and water comes out. That's soichet. But if it has a handle, it's meant to go in and out and therefore derive it holds. You don't have to be careful. Rashi obviously argues and he says, I don't care if it's meant to go in. This is soichet. That's why be very gentle with it. So, either way, whether it has a handle, doesn't have a handle, it's not muktza. Well, most learn that it is a muktza, but nito means I can move something that's muktza. It's a klishim If you touch it, it's going to do something awesome. It's going to you're going to ring it out. So therefore, I it's a klishim And the halacha is klishim is mutter to move when I need its spot or when I need to do something. I need to do, I need to use this sponge for whatever the reason is, to cool myself off. Whatever it is, then I can move it. That's how most Rishonim learn. Some learn, no. It means you can just move it. Why is this sponge not Mechabal Tumah? So if you look at Rashi, the last Rashi in the Mishnah, it says, The Enoi likeliates, there are four categories, and this doesn't fit in. This sponge that comes off the eye of a whale, or whatever you make a sponge from, Likely eight, it's not wood. Veloy beged, it's not clothing. Veloy sack, and it's not a sack. Veloy mateches, it's not metal. It's its own material that's not mikabel tuma. Omer Rav Nachman says the Gemara. Omer Rav Nachman, Anu ain't lano lebishamik Rabbi Yehuda. Rav Nachman wants to do a switcheroo on the whole Mishnah and just switch the names. The one who doesn't hold of Mukta, the one who holds like Rib Shimon, and we always pass like Rib Shimon, it almost makes sense. But still, are going to go like Rib Shimon, no Mukta. And Bishamai is going to go like Rav Yehuda, who we don't pass him like, and we don't pass him like Bishamai. So that makes more sense. L'chayra. But that's the end of the sugya. I'm going to switch it around. That Bishamai, that Bishil hold, you'll have to just grab anything off your table and put it in the garbage. And Bishamai are the ones that say, you got to be careful and shake out your tablecloth, shake, take your table and move it to the side. So the Mishnah said, Ma'avirin, the, the crumbs, the small crumbs that are less than the kezayis, and Rashi points out, Mavir means nicely, like they say in Hebrew. There's a big discussion in the Rishonim. It seems like Rashi contradicts himself because in Brachas he says differently. But we're going to learn, it's Asr. To destroy crumbs. That's why the Mishnah says, do it nicely, treat them with respect, the crumbs. In Brachas, Rabbi Yechon says, you're allowed to destroy crumbs, but the bottom line would be, you could destroy them, but nicely. Be careful how you destroy them. 
So I just I'm thinking now out loud. I don't know if this is a good marshal, but let's say your tzitzis rip. So you throw them in the garbage, but nicely. Maybe wrap it in a piece of paper and throw it in the garbage. You don't have to put it in Seamus. But there's, there's respect and disrespect. The, the chicken bones, you just grab, you throw it in. You know, you, whatever. The crumbs, you, know, you put it nicely and then put it in the garbage. Whatever it is. Seir Shalafunim, we're talking about peapods. Mani Rabbi Shimini. This is Rabbi Shimon. That before Shabbos, the peapod was for human consumption. Right? You don't view the, the, the exterior of the, of, the, of the peas differently than the peas themselves. It's one human food. Once you open it up and you grab all your peas out and you eat the peas, what are you left with? You're left with the garbage. Oh, so just change categories. It went from human cons- consumption to animal consumption. What is that called? Noilad. According to Rabbi Shimon, it's not a problem. According to Rabbi this is a problem. Mani Rabbi Shimini. The Leslie Mukta. Again, when we say that Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold a Mukta, it doesn't mean he doesn't hold a Mukta. Of course, everybody holds a Mukta. He just, he's more lenient when it comes to Mukta. And when it comes to this kind of Noilad, he says there's no Noilad like here. So we have a problem. When it comes to peapods, we're saying that it's Rabbi Shimon. So the Gemara's question is going to be, how could, how could the Mishnah hold like two different Tanayim? How can we start off say, talking like Rabbi Shimon and then go back to Rabbi Yehuda? That doesn't make sense. If a sponge has a handle, I could use it, whatever the pshat is, with water, without water, lightly, not lightly, rashi, rivet, whatever you want to call it. And if it doesn't have a handle, you cannot use it. A son of Rabbi Yehuda. That lachari goes like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Shimon. The classic machlaikis between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, I believe it was like the first machlaikis we mentioned in the Masech between them, dragging a bench on Shabbos. You're going to drag a bench, you, you don't intend to, to make any kind of groove in the ground, but it's possible. It's not 100%, it's not a psych ratio, it's not 100%, but there's a, a nice likelihood you're going to make some sort of groove, and groove is asr. Nevertheless, Rabbi Shimon holds his mutter, you hold his asr. I don't have intent. You're not chayev. So, and over here, Rabbi Yudah holds Dovah Shein Miskaven asr. So, that's why I can't use a sponge. Because if I use a sponge and I try to clean the surface, I might squeeze it and water might come out. So, what's the Gemara's answer? We had this answer six times already. This is the seventh time. I believe this might be the line, the most common line in the entire Masechta. I don't know for a fact, I didn't do any research, but to me it just seems like over and over. Everybody agrees. This is the seventh time mentioned. If I chop an animal's head off, I can't say to myself, oh, I didn't mean for it to die. All I wanted is his nice head. Obviously, if you're going to cut his head off, he's going to die. If, you go, if you're going to use a sponge on Shabbos, you know what's going to happen? 100% water is going to come out of it. If you're going to put that down on the surface and start cleaning a table, it's not 99, it's 100%. So you can't play games here and say, oh, I didn't mean. It doesn't matter if you didn't mean to, to squeeze it. It's, since it's going to squeeze, you are chayev. Even Reb Shimon, that holds. Over here, it's not Dov Shemin This is called a psikresha. It's 100% going to happen. So we're talking about noilad, not noilad. You have different types of, of dates. You have the armiyasa. 
inferior dates. You open them up, half the date sticks to the pit. Not, not good stuff. Not the majul, they call it majul, these expensive dates. I told you guys, you have to try them out. Even I, that I never liked dates, and on Rosh Hashanah, the worst part of Rosh Hashanah was eating the date. It was worse than eating the fish. Now I enjoy dates. It's gishmaka stuff, if you know about the majul stuff. So, armiyasa is no good. Armiyasa, you don't buy armiyasa. It's not even good for, for, for a shake. So what is that? That's, that's animal food. Now, in those days, they, they would give the, 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 the pits of the date, they would give it to the animals. They also used it for fire, we saw a few times, for fuel. So therefore, shorat al-tulinu, because nothing changed over here. You, you, you got the pit, but the pit didn't change categories. It didn't go from, from human consumption to animal consumption. It was animal consumption from the first second it was created. It goes, it's no better, it's no worse than its own mother, the date itself, the fruit itself, because the fruit is for animals, the, the pit is for animals. I think even to today, I just realized this. Parsi, yeah, Iran, where do all these dates come from? They come from Iran, the good ones I think come from Iran. So, these Parsi dates, which are really good, so you have two parts to it. You have the exterior, so it goes from human consumption, once you get to the pit, now you have animal consumption, mukta. Interesting, the Gemara goes into halarichas here, all the way to the end of the parak. The same exact thing. Shmuel metatelu agav rifta. How did Shmuel get his pit from his table to the garbage can? He basically would spit it out on a piece of bread. And then he did the trick. Oh, my bread is not mokta. My bread is, is a piece of bread. I'm going to use it soon in a... I might not use it right now as is. It's a kind of a little bit interesting because it has a, a dirty pit on it. So Raji says I might use it in some food. And then I take my piece of bread to the garbage can and flip it over into the garbage can. The Rishonim discuss why doesn't this piece of bread become a basis? Because since right now it's, it's a temporary thing, it's only on my piece of bread for a few moments until I get to the garbage can. It doesn't remain a basis l'dava azur. Interesting chiddush here. We already had this. You could lift something up, I think it was, with a piece of bread. You could do, as long as you don't destroy the bread, you don't treat it with disrespect, you could do all sorts of malachas with your piece of bread, including going to the garbage can. You take some, like a negelvasser thing, like a, a nice sefel, how do you say it in English? Like, uh, not a pail. Pail would be too big, I think. According to Rav, it seems like some nice jug, water jug. He spit it into the water jug, got it to the garbage can. Rav, oh, you know these guys, I don't know if you've ever been to Shalom Zachar, they're sitting there with the pizzuchim, and they, they pile up this giant pile of, uh, of, of the let. It's a graf sheray. You're making like a toilet bowl right in front of your seat. And then, then he said, oh, I have a toilet bowl here. I have to get rid of it. I'm allowed to get rid of it. Says the Gemara, What, you're allowed to create a situation where you're, you have to move it? He's putting pit after pit until he gets grossed out from himself. That should be a problem. Says the Gemara, Rav And by the way, all these are brought down here in Taisvis, that if you look at Taisvis, Shumuel Matadu Agav Rifta, 
that Taisa says that they were machmer on themselves to do it like this because they were chashuv of people like we had earlier. Abayim Ravo, they were chashuv, they, they want to make an example to show that you don't just take mukta, etc. Rav Sheshesh he'd spit it out like he spit out like a, I don't know what, like a, like a watermelon pit, you just toss it. Rav Papa Zorglu also he'd spit it behind his bed. Erev Pesach, his wife comes to clean and Hashem Yirachem. Papa, what's going on here? Amr Allah Rav Kulos. You could look in the, somebody sent me a Chsam uh, Soifer in Gitin, Dafnun Vav, I believe it is, a Chsam Soifer who says, this Zechariah ben Afkulos has to do with the Yonah de Yemar and Tishabav. He was present by, by the famous Suda of, of Anu, of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, and he made a Macha, a whole thing, and he says, he had a lot of patience, and therefore over here he had patience, if I understood it correctly. Ayn Shom in the Chsam Soifer. So Rabbi Zechariah ben Afkulos, he was the one who made the decision not to bring the Korban with the Mum. That's who he was. How do you know about this? Avi, she. I'm a Sanusa, that's right. Thank you. I'm a Sanusa to this. We have all these Gdailam over here, all these Choshev guys. What? We have a new guy from London, Simon Cohen. Simon Cohen is, is from Renana, no? I didn't, you broke up. Ah, you brought a friend. What's his name? Avrami from London. Avrami Freyla from London, Shalom Aleichem. I just hope I remember to be Messiah in this parak, unlike last time that you cut me off as we're turning the page and we skipped the line. So let's, let's be Messiah together. Let's make sure we do this. Shalom Aleichem, guest from London. You toss it behind his bed. Again, this might be one of the shortest prokim in Shas. One and a half daf parak. Don't get too excited that we just did a scene on a parak. Next parak, the 22nd parak in Masech the Shabbos. Daf Kuf Mem Gimel, who would believe? Unbelievable. We just started the new parak and we turned the daf sponsored by our new, listen to this, Shia Greenfield from Green Star Electrical Contracting. This is going to be a tough one. By the time the month is over, I'm going to get it straight. So Yishkoyach Shia, beautiful uh, contribution to the Shia. And he says he doesn't know the difference. He never heard of a difference. He doesn't know the difference. Turning the page, turning the daf, turning the omid. He doesn't care. He just wants to sponsor. So Yishkoyach. Chavash in Yishbro. What happened? We have to get to like 10 lines from the bottom. That's our goal in 10 minutes. Can we do it? I don't know. We had this already. There's a fire. Over here you have, and we, we spoke about this Mishnah. We're already at the end of the Masechta. So we had most of the stuff already. The, the, throughout the Masechta we brought all these Mishnahs and everything else. You have a barrel that broke. What kind of break? A nasty one. Because as Taisa says back there in the Masechta, if it's slow... We're not concerned that somebody's going to do something crazy and go out of his way and bring through Rosh Hashanah. So it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a bad one. And we don't want him to go crazy and start bringing many kalim, so we limit him. And we say, there's only three. And this is all based on what we learned already. What if it's one kli? You could, bring his, you could save as much as you want. The concern is when you do many kalim. Now, Sholish Sudais. We learned this also. It's only in the beginning of Shabbos, when you have three meals left. 
But what if you're already in the morning and you only have two sudas left? You could only save two sudas worth. So this Muslim shalishudas depends what time in Shabbos. And he could tell other people, come help me out. And they all grab three sudas of actually Yispaik. Don't use a sponge. Because you sponge, you're going to come to do schita. So now we're going to have a whole sugi about making juice on Shabbos. What's the answer to squeeze something on Shabbos? Mefarek, udash. This is part of me. Dash, to separate the shaft from the wheat. You're separating the juice from the, from the pre. Vimyatsu what if the juices came out by themselves? Asurim. It's a xera, it's a you might come to use other juices. You say, oh, here's juice, apple juice. Well, okay, I'm just throwing it out because you're going to have to see the whole sugi, what kind of juice. But here's juice in a cup. If I could drink it, then tomorrow or next Shabbos, I'm going to forget. I'm going to take some grapes and start squeezing them. Xera, no juices on Shabbos. If you set it aside, designated these foods, and we're going to see what foods, for food. All fr- these fruits, only to eat, not to squeeze. So, I don't have the Xera, I don't want the juices, and therefore, it's okay to drink the juices. But if I set it aside... For juice, then I have to make xera. maybe he'll come to squeeze it out. Chalo is dvash. Chalo is dvash. These are a honeycomb. Shabriskan. You started scraping it down, breaking it. Now what happens when you break it, like in this picture, you take some sort of tool, you break it, then it starts oozing out by itself. You have to break the top layer, I guess. If you did a marriage of Shabbos, Vyotsim Atzim came out by himself, Asurim. Why is it also? Because I might come, I might not realize that I did this Erev Shabbos, and that's why it's mutter. I'll do it on Shabbos, I'll start breaking more of these honeycombs. He says, no, no concern. I did it before Shabbos, why should I, why should I start making zeros? Says the Gemara, Don't, don't put a sponge on top of wine to absorb the wine, because you might come to squeeze it. This is kind of interesting. In those days, everything went. They were very into oil, pouring oil over the body we had yesterday. The guy pours oil in his body, starts rolling himself on a tablecloth. Hashem Yerachem. Anyway, he takes his hand, puts his hand in oil. Then he takes the hand with the oil and starts going like this, on a kli, back and forth. rubbing the, Scraping the oil into a kli. Don't do that. I would say don't do it for other reasons. But okay. This is what you do on the weekday. You don't, have, you don't have other care. You do it with your hand. You put your hand and you start scraping. Not a good idea to do on Shabbos. Your fruit scatters everywhere. You take one at a time. That's it. However, you cannot take a whole basket and start gathering. That's what they do on the weekday. You take a basket, you go to a tree, you take from here, you take from there. That's a weekday kind of malacha. You shouldn't do it on Shabbos. Let me ask you a question. What if all the fruit is in one spot? Could you do it? Could you use a basket? Eli Dykman says yes, because Eli Dykman listened very carefully to the shir last night. And the shir last night I told him, remember this halacha, because I was, I was very disposed from the ran. Uh, and I, the reason I didn't do it in the morning is because I didn't know that the ran last, yesterday in the morning. Sorry. But the Ran says, you could be medayik from the sugi yesterday when the, when the Gemara asked a question. 
if you have a rock, you have a stone together with the fruit, why don't you just empty out your whole basket and take the stone out? Says the Ram beautifully. And what are you going to do after you take the stone out? You're going to put the fruit right back into the basket and walk away. So you see, you could put fruit in a basket. So the difference is, because over there, you put it nicely in one pile, and then you put it back in the basket. That's not within the chal. Over here, we're talking about scattered everywhere. Beautiful chal. So now we're going to get into different categories. We're going to make a little bit of a salat in our brains. And we're going to come back and put it all together and have something lemaisadik. Says the Gemara that Rabbi Huda admits when it comes to olives and grapes. In those days, that was pretty much all they used to squeeze. We'll see. There might be one or two other fruits. There's no such thing as apple juice, orange juice, all a new invention. They used to squeeze grapes and olives. So Rebutic admits that if you put olives aside, and you say, I want to eat them, I want to eat olive salad, I want to eat grape salad, and then they ooze, you're not allowed to use that juice. Because 90% of the world uses it for squeezing, so if they squeeze out, you're going to switch your mind. Right now I say I want it for salad food, Oh, now you see a nice amount of juice. You switch. Okay. So it's awesome. Ula says no. Rabbi Yehuda argues even on olives and grapes. If the juice comes out, you're permitted to drink it. Like other fruits. Rabbi Yehuda says no. Rabbi Yehuda didn't admit to anybody. That if you have apples and oranges and something oozes out of them, the juice oozes, you could drink it on Shabbos, when not you're going to be soichet. Because nobody in their right mind is going to make orange juice and apple juice on Shabbos. In those days. In other words, he never admitted to anybody. He st- sticks to his guns that all fruit, including grapes and olives, the juices are mutter. We don't pass it like Rabbi Yehuda says Rabbi when it comes to olives and grapes. That it's also. Listen what's going on here. Rabbi Yehuda admits to Chachamim that olives and grapes are osir to drink the juice. And Chachamim admits to Rabbi Yehuda that apples and oranges is mutter. So where's the machlaikas? <laughs> they all admit to each other everything. Everything's perfect. So where's the machlaikas? He asked Rabbi Yehuda, where's the machlaikas? Go figure it out yourself. Go learn through the sugya. And if you learn it well, you'll understand yourself. I'm not going to tell you. We have to figure it out for him. Two new fruits called pomegranates and strawberries or berries. Let's just call it berries. But Yoni did strawberries. I, I did it in color. But a berry sounds gishmak. Two of them them are different than other fruits. Why? Because there's some crazy people that use pomegranate. happens to be, by the way, if you haven't ever tried it, here in Israel, they're big into pomegranate juice. Very highly recommended, especially if you do a mixture of orange juice and pomegranate juice. Very highly on a Friday afternoon when it's nice and hot outside and he puts ice in it. English shower, very highly recommended. When you come to a trip to, to Ramat B'Chemish, I'll show you. Agobanim, in those days it wasn't so popular, but there were people that did it. Couple Mishugayim. So that's where the Machloikis is. Do we say that Tutim Rimainim are like shar fruit? Or Tutim Rimainim are like 
olives and, and, and grapes. Moshach says Rashi, Machlech is showing what Moshach means. Rashi says it oozed out by itself. And the grapes that just the wine came out by themselves, the grape juice. So it doesn't matter why you put those grapes aside, even if you put them to eat them by the Shabbos meal for dessert, if they ooze liquid, it's also. Okay. But, but berries, that some liquids came out, and you put it on the side just for food, you want to have strawberries and cream, that's okay, you're allowed to drink that. But if I put it, set it aside to squeeze them, then I use it. today with, you have Snapple, you have all these companies, you have strawberry, people are making juices all day long, we'll see in a second. So basically we have a machlaikis when it comes to strawberries or berries and pomegranate. Is it similar to the olives or similar to other fruits? Now what do we have here? Bottom line like this. When it comes to olives and grapes and you set it aside even for food and it oozes liquid it's also to drink on Shabbos. When it comes to strawberries and pomegranates, if it's set aside for food and it oozes liquid, you're allowed to drink it. Now what about other fruits? Other fruits, the Gemara says, there's no schita. You're allowed to actually go like this on Shabbos. Squeeze it out because nobody ever drinks this stuff. However, the Ramah says, if the minog is to squeeze the fruit, and our minog is Tropicana, or New Square, which is a stickle similar to Tropicana, or pomegranate and apple juice and every other juice in the world, so that's the minog. If that's the minog, then... So the, so the Ramah says like this, if you, if you squeeze it for, to quench your thirst and for geschmack, then, if they ooze by themselves, it's usr. Then they have the same exact halacha as grapes and olives. And one more interesting thing. The Magen Avram says that it doesn't have to be a minog in the entire world. The Magen Avram says even if it's a minog in one city somewhere, that becomes the minog for the whole world. Then it becomes juice. That's, it's a fruit that becomes squeezable for juice. And therefore, it's like a grape. And, and I just want to point out, because I brought this halacha down, this Magen Avram, a long time ago, two, three months ago, let's say. And it was just a very cool thing. Because he, he, in the sugya of Anchi Hutzel, when they, they, they used to carry things on their head, and the Gemara over there says, who cares about them? They're the Yechidim, nobody in the right mind does it. So we had a cash from this sugya right here, this daf, Kufmem Gimelam and Beis. But if the Magad Avram says that if one person, one city in the world, squeezes walnuts and makes walnut juice, then the whole world has to suffer because of that it's considered walnut juice. And the answer is because everybody in the world has a head. And nobody uses their head to carry things. So those anti-hutzel are crazy. But not everybody has walnuts to squeeze. And therefore, if you have one place in the world that has walnuts and they squeeze it, then it becomes a minute for the whole world. Have a beautiful, wonderful day.
שמעלי זמן אמרו כי אם רוצים לך עדינו עדינו שמע בגדי דינו עזוב גבוי וגוי דחנו יאמרי How's everybody doing, Rabbi Sai? Simon, where's your friend? I don't see him. Who is he? Avrami, Avrami. This is Avrami. Avrami. Ah, B'yom and Freilach. Okay, yeah. We miss, a, we miss B'yom, but I still have a lot. I, 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 I'm in contact with the B'yom. Very nice. Huh? Chazen, really? Wow. Wow, wow. Listen. Uh, yeah. Where is he? I don't know, I just touched it. Huh. Rabshia, Rabshia Greenfield, I just want to say Shkoyach. Thank you. Thank you for the sponsorship, you Shkoyach. No, no, no I'll, get, I'll get used to it. Official from official can Why do you have to. The child is. Why do you. Your name is Greenfield. It should be Greenfield Contracting. You went to Green Star. So you've got to do Shia Greenfield from Green Star. Kids are. Oh, that, that's what you should do. Where, one minute, where, where are you out of again? You're in New York, no? Beautiful, beautiful. 